You are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heatherly Holt. Open Mic Spotlight is a weekly podcast featuring intimate conversations and performances with musicians and artists from Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Open Mic Spotlight is currently looking for future episode sponsors. Sponsorship benefits include spoken ads on episodes and logos and written ads on iTunes and social media. All funds go directly to the production and marketing of each episode. If you would like to sponsor or hear more details, please contact me at Heather Lee Holt at openmicspotlight.com. H-E-A-T-H-E-R-L-E-I-G-H-H-O-L-T at openmicspotlight.com. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. I'm your host, Heather Lee Holt, and today we have Megan Saunders on. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, thanks for having us. So excited to have you. I've been trying to get you on for a while now. I know, we finally made it, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> You're a very busy musician, especially on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, let's start out with a song. What are you going to play? Sure. We're going to play a little song that I wrote for my husband, and it's about being in your 30s and, you know, kind of putting your life together in his college. We're good with what we've got. Bottle to share, the day was hard, but I feel good here. 
with every moment our joy finds. Oh, they say that somehow we'll get by. They say you'll make it through. Put your head on down and somehow you'll make do. But we make good with what we've got. Sometimes it feels like it's all bad luck Because everything we love will fade away We're still here and I'll hold you close, my dear We'll laugh at all the fools who always say Somehow you'll get by, somehow you'll make it through I say to hell with all your talk of making do So it was so pretty. Thanks. Such a nice song. Does Thank your husband you. play music? Not really, although he is a good shower singer. <laughs> <laughs> but he's my roadie and my banjo technician. So that is awesome. Yes. <laughs> you were away for Chattanooga for a while, right? Yeah, I did a lot of traveling last year, and Jason and I did too, just touring around the Southeast. Um, I went back and forth to the West Coast a couple times, both for music and because I got certified to do counseling for people with chronic pain and a program out there. Also went up north to visit family and play music too, so a lot of trips. I think I played in about 12 different states last year. That is so year. cool. Yeah. So what's it like being back and like grounded a little bit? Oh, it's nice. I love traveling, but um, it's hard to be away from my husband for one thing. He went on a couple of the trips with me, but he has a regular job, so yeah. he's here. And I love Chattanooga. You know, it's beautiful here. I live right on the North Shore, right on Tremont. It's really pretty and it's a good art scene, music scene here. So mm -hmm. it's nice to be back. So what does being certified in chronic pain entail? Do you use music for that? In an indirect way, I suffer from chronic pain myself, and I have for about 12 years. I moved out here from California about three years ago, and I was involved in a program out there that uses meditation practices and sort of different mental techniques to cope with some of the challenges that are unique to having chronic pain, like pain when you really know you're probably going to have it for the rest of your life, which is very different than if you break a leg and you know it's going to hurt for two years. Even that is different, you know. It's just learning a lot of techniques to help people deal with the emotional and physical and practical difficulties of that. Very nice. So... How long have you been playing music? Pretty much my whole life. I taught myself how to play piano and write music when I was about five or six. Wow. <laughs> so. Did your family play music? Is that what got you into it? Not really. Well, my dad plays guitar. And when I was little, I, I don't think he played as much probably because he was busy with us kids. Um, now he plays more and he actually writes music. But at the time, I was just drawn to it for whatever reason. We had a clunky old piano in like the playroom in the basement. Half the keys didn't work, but I was really into it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
Did you get in really into music in school? Yeah, I did. When I was in elementary school and in high school, I would have called myself a classical music composer. That's pretty much what I did. And I played flute and piano and some other instruments, but mostly I wrote. Mm-hmm. I got really into Baroque music and music from the classical period. And then in my late teens, I got into minimalism, which I feel like is a stage a lot of classical folks go through, yeah. you know, Philip Glass kind of stuff. So like the internet wasn't what it is now. Nope. So how did you how did you research all this stuff and know all this stuff as as a high schooler? Well, I mean, they knew me at the public library, which was very small. I grew up in a town next to a town with 4,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> and the librarians definitely knew me. They would let me pick out books to buy occasionally. And my mom actually was a librarian and worked at Middlebury College, which is a great college. So I could go there and get resources too. But, you know, I would just listen to the radio, listen to tapes whenever I could get them, you know, and I just kind of did my thing. That's awesome having a mom that's a librarian because you firsthand know how useful a library can be. I feel like. Oh, definitely. And she's specialized in helping people find things or research things that are difficult to research. So. It's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. Libraries are making a comeback, especially the one downtown, everything that they're doing. Have you seen the recording studio? No. They built this amazingly nice recording studio. That's awesome. And there's a 3D printer you can use. Oh, that's they so have cool. The coolest stuff down there. That's so cool. It blows my mind. I know that they're having family-oriented stuff and shows, and our bass player, Jonathan McWilliams, who isn't here, is really keen on doing kids' shows. He has a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and an in utero <laughs> baby. <laughs> and so he does kids' shows, and we're starting to do that with him a little bit. It's really fun, and we might be doing some stuff at the library. Very cool. So that'll be fun, yeah. That is so fun. Awesome. Let's do another song. What do you want to play? I think I'm going to play a solo song. It's called Cradled in the Deep. It's a sad song. Okay, we're songwriters, so I'll just put that out there. It's a little bit about some of the difficulties of dealing with chronic pain, actually, so that sort of ties in. Out in the mountains Where the sun don't
There's no escape in the natural way to kill or to be killed. All my body aches for change, but some things never will. Hold tight to the left and warp. The work is never done. Fingers bleed from building, but there's no. That's actually co-written with Jason Reed. You co-wrote it, but you're not, you don't play on it. We actually write a lot, so we have a backlog of a lot of songs that we haven't worked on yet. Yeah. Jason Reed is here, and he is playing with Megan, and he's playing guitar. So he isn't speaking today. He doesn't have a mic set up to him, but he <laughs> is backing her up on a few songs today, and you play with her all the time, right? As much as possible. So what did you do when you were on the road? I play solo songs as well, and then I lived out in California and had a band out there for about four years, so sometimes when I go back out there, I play with old friends and old band members and just like make a party of it. Where did you live in California? Santa Cruz. It's so pretty. It wasn't a shame. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. When you went out there, did you know people? Well, I went out there for a job for my postdoc at UCSC. So I knew the people that I was working with, but that was it. Okay. What are all your degrees? I have a BS in environmental science and a PhD in biology, but it's basically environmental genetics. Wow. (laughs) Do you do stuff with that right now? I don't because of my health issues. Yeah. So I'm just playing music right now and working towards doing the counseling as well. you were working. I was. and What did you do with that kind of degree? Well, I was planning to become a professor, but I was running a research lab out there working on big NSF projects. That's so cool. That's so... It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. I do miss some aspects of it, but given the 
the turns that my life has made playing music and pursuing a career to help other people feels like more my thing at this point in time. Yeah. It seems like you're doing what you're supposed to do right now. Yeah, it feels that way, which is good. It's always a nice feeling. (laughs) That's a lot of schooling. About 10 years. But there's the kind of people that think school is horrible and then there's the folk that like love school. I bet you're the latter. Yeah, I mean, it's a love-hate relationship. I think, at least in the life sciences, in the world that I'm used to, which is pretty competitive and full-on, it's definitely a love-hate relationship for everybody I've met doing a PhD in my field. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's it's hardcore, you know, a lot of, like, 70-hour work weeks and applying for jobs. There's usually, like, 300 other people applying, and so you've got to really love it. And, you know, I did for a while, but then with my health issues, I can't work full time and it's just too much to try to pursue a career like that in my current state. So, but it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a huge accomplishment. It's really something to be proud of. It taught me a lot too. I mean, even though I'm not using specifically the knowledge that I gained from my PhD in terms of you know, I'm not going around sequencing genomes or anything like on the sly, whatever that would mean. In my field, you basically learn how to run your own business because you're either going to go into industry, in which case you would have a boss and have be given projects. But what I was trained for was basically to start my own business or to be a research professor, in which case, you know, you have your own research lab and you develop your own projects and you're expected to get funding for them. So it's in some ways similar to being a musician, you know, in terms of it's a hustle. For those of us at my level, you know, I don't have a manager or a booking agent right now because I need the money. (laughs) So I don't want to fish out any of that extra money. So you've got to do all of your own promotion, your own booking, you know, and I write my own music and play with the guys sometimes, which I'm really lucky and thankful for because they're awesomely talented and easy to work with. But still, it's all like managing that and making sure that we at least play gigs where everybody makes at least a little bit of money. (laughs) There's so much that goes on behind the scenes with musicians on that level. It's way more than showing up and playing a gig. Yeah, people don't realize how, let's just say it's a lifestyle, as I'm sure you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. And it's easy to get bogged down and discouraged, but... Oh, definitely. Then you have a really amazing gig and then it makes it all better. (laughs) And it lifts you up. And, you know, I think community is really important in that regard. I have a small group of friends who are on the same path musically or similar path and it's important to get together once a week or once every couple weeks and just support each other bitch if you need to talk about the really good things that have happened and actually academia is so similar that it's the same way with my academic friends that I still hang out with on Skype on a regular basis. We get together and just kind of like try to build each other up through the hard stuff. You play a lot around town. You want to Mm -hmm. talk about some of the places that you've played recently? Sure. I have to say, I feel like I've been very lucky since I moved here. I've gotten to play some awesome venues with Jason as well. We've played River City Sessions with Michael Gray a couple times, and I love that series because he brings together musicians, poets, artists of different types, and does sort of a variety show. It's a beautiful event. I played that in November, and it's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. He does a really good job with it. And we played Nightfall a couple of years ago. That was really great. We kind of play all over the place. The Flying Squirrel, JJ's at two o'clock in the morning, you know. You just did the Four Bridges Art Festival. Yeah, that was really fun. Actually, next week, we're playing the Chattanooga uh, Market on Mother's Day, and then we're playing Noon Tunes on Wednesday at Miller Plaza. Awesome. And we have something special in store for the Chattanooga Choo Choo song. Dare I say it's going to be pretty epic. Yeah. It's a little comedy routine. Well, you want to talk about it since this will definitely air after? Well, okay. So we often play as a trio. 
And in addition to getting to play with Jason all the time, which I'm so thankful for, we play with a great double bass player, Jonathan McWilliams, who also plays with the Chattanooga Symphony Orchestra. That's what he moved here for about a year ago. And he is an amazing musician and one of the most hilarious people I've ever met. So he (laughs) wrote lyrics to the Chattanooga Choo Choo that are somewhat political in nature and talk about the future of healthcare and artist salaries in our country. Oh, wow. So we might be talking about that. We'll see how ballsy we feel, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. It will also involve a mild amount of cross-dressing, I do believe. (laughs) (laughs) So it should be pretty funny. (laughs) Now we have to do it, right, if you're going to air this, so that's good. That is great. I've been looking up fake mustaches online and yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and you know, EPB live streams it. Oh it's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I love <We'll> it. See. <laughs> well, let's do another song. Do you want to do a cover? Sure. My cover is actually an old time song. That's I hope fine. that's okay. Cause that's what I do. So this is as sort of another little side project. Not that I really need one. <laughs> I've been working on learning some traditional banjo music and I get into ethnomusicology and stuff like that sometimes. So through that, I got really interested in banjo music from the Round Peak area, which is around Mount Airy in North Carolina. And it was a very influential area for old time banjo really in the past century. And it has a very particular style. So on this song, I learned versions of the song that belong to three different people who lived in the Round Peak area. So you can hear the style of that banjo playing, but really how much it varied too, which I think is nice to throw out there because people sometimes get very set in their ways about old time music that it should be done in a certain way. And there's really so much variation when you look historically, even within one region or one town. So this is a song that I'll sing. The part where I'm singing is my own interpretation. And then the instrumental parts, I'll play a part by Fred Cockrum, Wade Ward, and Tommy Gerald. Your listeners may or may not be that nerdy, but I'll just throw that out there. And I'm begging you, please, won't you come along and stand by me, little girl? Come along and stand by me. Look up, look down that long, lonesome road. Hang your head and cry, little girl. Hang your head and cry.
Do you play banjo a lot? I go through phases on and off, yeah. Awesome. Do you do some of your own songs with banjo too? I do, yeah. We're going to play one here for you today. Yay. Maybe we can do that one next. Sure. I kind of want to just hear it. Is okay. that okay? Yeah, totally. Let's do it. This is a song that was on my last album, which I recorded with my band out in California, and it was recorded completely live, no headphones, no overdubs. And it's also available in high fidelity, if anyone's into that. <laughs> yeah. Mother always said pray for redemption, so your soul can rise triumphant from the grave. I fear I never listened to her lessons for all the whiskey and gambling that I crave. Whiskey and gambling that I crave. Used to have a job out in the city. Ticky, ticky house found in a row. Life broke from the burden of its boundaries Now the road and its collar, all I know Road and its collar, all I know You know I've got trouble, I've got trouble on my mind And it guides me like a white cane leading the blind Trouble, I've got trouble, I've got trouble 
good. Thank you. I love it. So what do you do when you're not playing music all the time? Well, yeah, between playing music and, you know, I'm gearing up to start counseling in July. That pretty much keeps me busy. It's a lot. (laughs) I'm going to be renting a space probably in St. Elmo. So do you already have clients? Um, I've started talking to people. People have actually been asking me about it for year or two. I got certified last summer and have been slowly working my way into it and just studying more and getting to the point where I felt really ready and comfortable. And now I feel like I'm good to go. And so I'm doing all, you know, like setting up my website and like finding the space to rent, all of that stuff, but it's coming along. Even though you're not doing it, you're still in it right now. Exactly. I'm working on it (laughs) and I am starting to meet with potential clients. That's great. Yeah. Having them already lined up. Yeah. Such a beautiful thing to be able to help people that are some that need it the most. Definitely. I don't need to maybe get into really the depths of it because it's pretty hard stuff. But, you know, having chronic disease or chronic pain is just so difficult that if you don't have someone that you're very, very close to or haven't experienced it yourself, it's hard to even explain how difficult it is and how those challenges really infiltrate every part of your life. And having dealt with it for about 12 years, it feels really good to be at a place where I feel like I'm dealing with my situation well. You know, I'm not depressed. I'm fairly active, even though I'm physically disabled. Physically, I'm limited, but I still have a life and I'm pretty happy. And a lot of it has been through the work that I've done with this program. So I'm really excited to bring that to other people. can imagine how hard it must be to have a disease or illness that completely changes the course of your life, which it did yours. Oh, yeah, completely. And at first, I can imagine probably feels like your life is kind of over. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of what we deal with is grieving, you know, grieving, anger, feeling ashamed that you can't maybe work like you used to or maybe not at all. And it affected every area of my life. I have rheumatoid arthritis and I used to be a mandolin player. I was a pretty decent player and could do session work and stuff. And I can't even play the mandolin anymore. So I've only been playing these instruments for about three years because I had to learn new string instruments. So I guess a lot of what you do is helping people find a different path and like loving that just as much as however way they were going before. I mean, that's a lot of it is, is letting go of expectations of yourself. Everyone who has this experience has to grieve the loss of the life that they thought they were going to have or in a similar way as if you lost a loved one. It's pretty tough stuff, but... Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing that you're taking the ways that you've learned and dealt with it and sharing and helping other people. Yeah, it feels like the right thing to do, you know. Yeah. Well, let's do another song. Okay. We're going to play Mariana, which is another original song. I should say Jason's playing a normal six-string guitar, and I'm actually playing a tenor guitar, which has four strings, hence all the tunings, because I make up my own tunings to go along with the songs that I write, which I've come to really enjoy. And this one I have to go slow, otherwise the string breaks, especially when the weather is squirrely. Mariana, one, two. She wore a pale blue dress, walked down the street like rain. Dark into her doorway Every time the sunshine came Don't know if it was heartbreak Or childhood gone wrong But all she can do is sing a sad, sad song Mariana 
disease that sometimes makes her smile. Turning the room brighter than it's been in quite a while. Been on this chain so long, I feel it rumbling, veering off the tracks, and I fear I don't have what she needs to steer it on back. Sapling tree. I hope she finds the brilliance between the shadows of the leaves. Sometimes it takes a fire to break open the cone of the pine, and seeds don't have a choice but to grow out of the darkness to the light Mary I wrote that the day after I saw John Prine last year. I was very inspired (laughs) from his show. Oh, I can imagine. At the Tivoli, which is such a great place to see music. Yeah. So what advice can you give to musicians and artists? Oh, geez. I'm not sure how much of a position I am in to give advice. But one thing is that I have musicians come up to me all the time and say, how do you book so many gigs? How do you do it? And I've gotten to the point where I don't earnestly always try to answer the question. I kind of gauge what the person seems like because it's just a lot of hard work. Like we're talking about, it's a lot of hard work. And approaching other people. And just being like fearless as much as you can and facing rejection over and over again and putting in the work to have good albums, to have good videos out there, to have a good press packet on your website, to have a professional looking website, to have reviews, which are kind of like letters of recommendation for a lot of bookers at better venues and just making a full-time job, even of just the booking and the promotion. And also just being professional with venues and bookers, because there have been so many times when booking concert programmers and the like have said to me, oh, it's so nice to work with somebody who's on time and um, responds to me right away. 
say, I would say about a third of the people that I work with in terms of concert programmers make that comment to me and it makes me realize what they're dealing with out there, you know? So, I mean, that would be my advice. Just work really hard on your craft. Don't start working on this other stuff if you don't feel like your craft is there. Don't put it off forever because nothing is ever perfect. But get to the point where you feel like your art and your craft is really at a point where it's worth the world hearing. At that point, start putting the work into getting it out there and just know it's going to be hard. Don't expect it to be easy. But if you're really passionate, it's worth it. It's great advice. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks. I'm going to have you guys do one more song. Okay. What are you going to play for us? We're going to play another original song that Jason and I co-wrote called Gone. And I just want to say thanks so much for having us here and for doing the podcast. I get the sense that it's a labor of love and (laughs) I appreciate it. And I'm sure a lot of people in the community here appreciate it too. I do love doing it and I love meeting so many people and hearing their stories. And to be honest, I learned so much from interviewing people just from doing the podcast and it's a really cool thing that it's turned into. Yeah, I should maybe mention also that I host an open mic at Whole Foods here in Chattanooga the first Thursday of every month. And I love that for the same reason. For whatever reason, it tends to be, well, probably because it's me, it tends to, most of the people who come out are songwriters. And it's just been a great way to meet people and hear their music because we play gigs a lot on the weekends. So it's hard to go see other musicians, ironically enough, as much as I want to support people. So this one is called Gone. Crossroads of the single stop sign down Dusty jeans, guitar strings All but knocked me down, down, down Down, down, down Outside the five and ten Lean back to roll your smoke I've never seen a man like you On this prairie
your eyes It's all black tar and open road Can't see my reflection In a soul that's meant to roam Oh I'll wear a clay meets horizon Cut the night like a dream Such a fun one. Thanks. Got a country western feel. Mm-hmm. I love it. Definitely out on the prairie. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave a rating or a review. We love feedback. Also, please subscribe on the iTunes podcast app or at www.openmicspotlight.com. Thank you to Trenton Romanini for mixing this episode. For all of your industry and recording needs, visit tromixthat.com. T-R-O-M-I-X-E-D-T-H-A-T.com.